akin to splitting the atom, Ben and Ryan attempt to split their guests apart from their egos and explore the deep, ominous cave called vulnerability, attempting to shine a combined light on the treasures that hide in the dark. Without taking themselves and each other too seriously, they are engaging in conversation between themselves and with guests in a very own humorous way. We hope you enjoy listening to Spill Your Guests. Yeah, so we can we could carry on in that vein. I mean, that what it is absolutely interesting to me though that yeah, you and Lada do threesomes, you know. And yet that's that to me that's a completely separate thing from having multiple partner relationship uh, because that's instead rather inviting other people into your bed it's not an almost separate relationship that you're having with somebody outside of your relationship with Lada, Lada yeah, in spite true. of how much communication there is a lot of Lada is not there you know in spite of how much communication whereas that it's live if you're having a threesome and lot is right there and but whoever you guys decided upon is completely involved in that process together right like i guess i know but let's say what, what if i meet somebody and then we have sex and hang out a lot and then there's the opportunity for the all of us to be together is that a multiple partner experience you know because i already that know that be, person well, well it would be and also, it would be like inviting multi- one of your extra partners into bed with Lada, with the discretion of Lada. Yeah. Like, and uh, obviously through communicating it and discussing it and and, al- and allowing it to happen, you know, and everybody, all, all parties on board. But they, I still think that there's a diff- there's a there's a boundary there that's maybe it's arbitrary but like i think there's something different between having that multiple partner relationship especially seeing as how you guys kind of developed that as a way to practically deal with your long distance so then when you when you guys are in short distance you still have a sexual desire that's outside of the confines of monogamy yeah definitely even if it even if it's not even for the practical purposes of just sustaining you know, fulfilling your needs in a long distance relationship, right? Like, so I find that, I find that very interesting because that's, that's, that's how you're able to really open up. I think that's truly being able to be open with your sexuality and with your heart and mind and soul, like able to let others other than the one person you do trust into the, the coitus pad, you know, <laughs> the coitus pad, <laughs> the coitus pad. I mean, and it's all—it's obviously not all about sex, right? They can't be. It's not, in my right. opinion. For me, I, I don't know. Maybe for other people, but that's where I think it might be unhealthy. Because if it has to do with some unhealthy relationship with sex and how it fills a, a void in your life that you know you're under great stress without sex or something like that, I think that's different. But no, it's like. Um, Maybe for me it is an unhealthy, unhealthy thing because it has to do with affection, and maybe I'm always feeling like I'm lacking affection, and I compensate by by trying to be 
affectionate as much as possible with as many people as possible. I don't know yet, but there is that possibility. That's dangerous, right? And I mean, I'm not that I don't think that you lack the responsibility to handle that because I think you, you do have the responsibility, but a lot of people will, would not. I have friends. I see them in the way that they operate their sexual lives. And I mean, it does seem like, you know, you have some sort of innate desire to just get numbers, you know, like for some, for some reason, that's your career. You gain so much satisfaction out of just sheer like affection from multiple partners. You know, it's not, not necessarily even about quality or what, what, what's going to make you feel good the next day. It's even just about like notching the belt, you know? So not that, that, not that that's how I feel you're motivated behind it, but I think that if you, that that's the desires there amongst a lot, like almost all of us. And then if someone, let's say a thinking person, let's say someone who's reflective and, you know, willing to be open and, and expose their vulnerabilities to uh, their partners in their lives. Like they're able to share, they're able to make that, the communication work and take responsibility for the other the other person's emotional emotions and i think that like if you, it's something you'd have to work on if you want to if you want to treat that desire with responsibility with res respect treat that desire responsibly and with respect yes absolutely. yeah for I sure for absolutely. sure you're you're bringing other people in the picture and you're risking hurting other people for sure yeah uh, and and, and like it's a train wreck. It really is. Cause <laughs> my good, my good friend, he's, he's a sweet, sweet, sweet guy, but like, man, does he, does he do a lot of wrecking, right? At, at best, it's a, a, a derailment where nobody dies. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, that's what it is. It's a little bit of a, it's like a slight anti-climactic, very non-dramatic derailment. You know, like in, in a maintenance yard or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, like maybe somebody suffered from some minor whiplash or whatever, but, you know, they'll be yeah. better soon. Um. They were only going like 20, 30 kilometers an hour. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. So, I mean, he's not evil, you know, obviously. It's just that, you know, but, he's uh, he plays into that, that. You know, it's a very common, I think, male desire for multiple partners. And it probably is similarly female yet um our society has repressed the female sex drive i think and demonized it in a way well no i just want to i want to talk about how you say you don't even think you're capable of handling one a single relationship with one person and no involvement of other people just developing a relationship with a woman why why do you feel that way about yourself? I mean, you've had relationships in the past, right? I've had one past relationship that I would consider a committed relationship, to be a committed relationship that actually did mean something to me. But I think that when I look back on it, I was maybe delusional about it. And that maybe my primary motivation for being in a relationship was just to be in a relationship in the first place and, and kind of like, try to convince myself that that was an aspect of my life that that I uh, was capable of and wasn't going to miss out on or you know like even though I hadn't had a girlfriend for my whole life and then I got a girlfriend when I was about 24 
and we broke up when I was 26 and it was kind of a rough relationship. Now I'm 28 and I've still not been in another relationship. I've had obviously, I mean, I don't know, obviously, but you know, I've had sexual partners that had, I've had some sexual uh, encounters with some people and I've had, I've had some moments where I thought that I, I could be with, be with people as well, but there's been distance or there's been, you know, like they, they were close friends or um, I just don't see any evidence in my life. And when I was in that relationship that I had, it was kind of long distance. And so it didn't really give me an idea of how I'd be in a relationship full time. It just gave me, you know, an idea of what it was like to be in a, I guess, a sort of long distance relationship. And so I didn't really have to take that much responsibility for the relationship. Even though I, I spent, I really did at first, but then I kind of grew complacent and started being more myself rather than like I, someone who's operating under the, under the guise that he should be in this relationship and he should be trying instead of I, I am trying because I want to try and it's coming naturally to me because it wasn't really coming that naturally. It was, an, it was a conscious effort. And so I don't know. I just don't see any evidence in my life being able to consistently um, be in a relationship with, with anybody on my day-to-day -day life. And I, I don't know, like, I think that's my smoking weed played a big, a big factor in uh, the kind of fate of my relationship with uh, my previous relationship. Like she hated it that I did it. And because, when I first, because your personality changed or, because I, I definitely notice when when you're smoking weed, it's not like it's not like you become a bad person. It's like you you almost become incapable of expressing yourself the same way. And it just it can be a bit frustrating for me to hear you trying to talk like you're talking right now and not being able right. to let it let it out. It's must be frustrating for you. Yeah, I have well, I have my my own my own issues obviously is surrounding like why I, why I don't stop or, and why the desire, my, you know, my motivations are to stop. And one of them definitely is like to have more sharp cognitions and live living a life where, you know, I'm sharper and more articulate and, and I'm, does, I'm, I'm more, I'm more awake, you know, I, I'd rather be more woke. I, I would, but at the same feel... time, sometimes it's, it hurts to be woke and I'd rather just be yeah. numb. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, but, but wouldn't that fall under similar definition of an alcoholic? Because basically they're in a relationship with the alcohol and the alcohol is like a friend who doesn't talk back and who doesn't, who doesn't, you know, point out certain behaviors that might not be healthy. Like, does we do the same thing as alcohol? I don't know. I, I don't have that relationship with weed. Would you say that you're kind of in a relationship with marijuana? Does that make sense? 100. percent Yeah. Marijuana is marijuana is the uh, the girlfriend that makes me cough and happy. You know. Because you don't feel She's capable of Mary Jane. You don't feel worthy of being <laughs> Mary Jane. You don't feel worthy of being with a woman. Instead. I don't think that my current my current status is really the way I should be if I wanted to have a you know a mature and committed relationship you know like 
you know, I just don't, I just, I just don't know. I, I worry that like, yeah, my life, my lifestyle is falling into this pattern of kind of being, so to speak, a loser, like, with, for lack of a better way to put it, a loser stoner, you know, like smoked all, a lot of weed all, 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 all by himself. But I still go out with friends. I still do activities. I don't do as much as I would. And when I go with friends, I, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll be a little bit absent and I'll have to leave earlier or whatever. I'm tired. I have to go home. Like, So actually I wanted to ask you this. I didn't write it down, but if, what do you think about like dating apps as a method of connecting with people? Do you think it's a healthy thing like Tinder, Bumble, and then there's even more, more, there's apps for threesomes. There's apps for just one night stand hookups. There's a whole, there's a plethora of apps. And um, do you feel that they're more honest and more direct? Or do you feel that they're also unhealthy? Because, you know, uh, if a girl gets 20 matches, whether or not she answers them, she might gain some, some, some sort of false self-esteem from that. Uh, um, not realize, you know, lots of men simply swipe right on everyone and play it like it's a mathematical game. What do you think about that? Would you hop on Tinder today? And how would you define yourself on Tinder if you I, did? I think that you nailed it, not getting lots of matches and like little quick set of moments of gratification that give you some false sense of confidence. And it's not real. It really isn't. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, though. Um, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna use it, you should be very careful of how that can uh, how that can inflate your ego in a false sense and, and give you yeah give you a false sense of that you're doing things right, you know. And and but if 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 everything everything worked out in person, you know, like. You're not you're not actually developing healthy healthy forms of relationship. You're you're always looking for instant gratification, and uh, I think that's really unhealthy. Me, I I definitely had a Bumble profile for almost a year. Okay. Um, and I was swiping for, for like full year, and I was swiping in Berlin. Remember, I went out on a date in Berlin when I visited you. Yeah. We went climbing. But we didn't. We didn't. It ended up not being romantic at all. It was just just as friends. But I also went out on dates in Vancouver, like relentlessly. I was swiping all the time and talking to everybody all the time, as many people as I could all the time. So, so yeah. As a, as a guy, what what leads you to swipe right? Is it the first photo? Is it the the actual? Do you read the profile, the, or do you? swipe based on initial attraction and then whoever matches then you look a little deeper uh, into the what they wrote in their profile like how do you approach I, let's that let's just say, let's just put it this way the the criteria for swiping left is much smaller than the criteria for swiping right <laughs> it's a much smaller list um so let's like, say like 95% right. Left. Is she <laughs> extremely fat? Left. Otherwise, that, no, that's basically it's right. it. Otherwise, Otherwise, it's right. No, approved. It's right. approved. There's pretty much, there, there's the odd context where if she looks like she's all sparkly and like makeup crazy, filter. I'll swipe left. Because I'm like, filter. I just can't. Yeah. yeah. Or if there's like a filter with like 
the, the dog years or puppy years as her n- number one profile. I'm like, yeah. this this girl and I are probably not going to get along. Like, I don't know if we're going to have deep chats, you know? And we're probably, <laughs> we're probably, she'd probably prefer to like, you know, sit in front of the webcam putting filters up. Yeah, you know, so do you changing think, do you our think... changing our, our face, not having deep chats about life and do fucking you, do you think that delving, that girl... in, delving into the ominous cave, right? Go on. <laughs> do you think that, <laughs> that girl is the equivalent of the man who's topless and takes a picture in the mirror and then makes that their their Tinder profile, or the guy who's sitting in his car and takes a selfie of himself, <laughs> or, like, or with his basic, car, yeah, in basic. a suit? <laughs> yes, yes, it's basic. That's right. It's like the of course you're gonna it's do that. Materialistic, I guess you could say. Yes, but there's a there is a colloquial term we use now uh, in the Tinder sphere. What is it? For for those who carry profiles as such, they are basic bitches. Whoa. Basic bitches. BBs. I never heard of that. Never heard of basic bitch, eh? You know, you're uh you're a sweatpants wearing, UGG wearing, you know, Lululemon fucking pants wearing. Fucking, you know, I like to do yoga and enjoy so lattes. Are you saying that that's a upper middle class, too much disposable income type of suburbanite? Like, what? What is? No. Where do those def- people come definitely from? Doesn't have to, definitely doesn't have to do with too much disposable income. I don't think. Um, have you seen the price of Lululemons? <laughs> No, I, I haven't. I've purchased them myself. Uh, they're nice clothes. I think I would. Um, we are not getting paid on this podcast to endorse Lululemon, though. Just so you know, we do not cut for our sponsors, but we do have lots of sponsors. No, we don't have any sponsors. <laughs> yeah, we don't have any sponsors. Come on. Yeah, Lululemon doesn't doesn't want to doesn't want uh, our nonconformist podcast to to uh, promote them. No. They want conformity. They want basic bitching. Basic bitching. No. They've got enough basic bitching bitches to cover themselves for a long time. I think they got they've got uh, the whole ocean to work with. So that's all good. Do you think if you met a woman on Bumble and you started the conversation with some vulnerability about yourself, do you think that that would be a good start? How do you start? Do you start? I with think that's a flirting? scary start. Do you start with like surface level, like "Hey, good looking" kind of? Usually, stuff? it's humor. Usually, everything comes out of humor. But all um, all like you said, self self flagellating kind of humor, like putting yourself down, or um, he, he either humor that's self flagellating, or humor that's just either outrageous or just silly or um witty witty is always good right you have to be witty because if girls think you're smart and they want to fuck you excuse me excuse me pardon me for my being crude if women think you're smart you become a very desirable partner now you know the <laughs> thing is like there's ways to make women people think you're smart and not actually be smart at the same time right yeah. for instance like saying a bunch of wordy shit on a podcast and then making yourself feel smart and other people might look at you and be like, whoa, they said all this wordy shit. They're smart. In reality, they're not. <laughs> no, but that's part but, of being vulnerable, being able to have somebody call you out on your shit. And totally. Just, like, 
And and what's why do you need to feel smart to others? Like what is what's what, the need there? That's that's yeah. A, what's that's compelling a, you to do that? A, there's a huge need there for me. I don't know. I grew up, I think, amongst a very like smart group of people. You know, I think that it's something that was always like of maximum importance. Yet I didn't necessarily work that hard at being super smart either. So it didn't. I don't. I don't think I deserve anything that I I, I don't have. I, I like how uh, you. I like how you. You put lots of thought into what you say, but you also are not overly confident, like not too too confident, and you're willing to admit that. Sometimes you don't really know what's up, and I'm I'm I know that I come off as this dickhead who just thinks he knows what he's talking about, and uh, part of this is to be exposing myself to the reality that I'm not, and I'm, I'm more for constructive criticism rather than just judgment. But uh, for sure, I know that I'm that judgmental type um, who. I put judgment into most of the things I say, and I, I'm working on that. Um, I don't think you put judgment into things you're saying. You put like you put heart, but you also put your understanding of science into a lot of things, and you just don't. You do call people out on their bullshit a lot, which I like, um, and that's why I like having a conversation with you because you'll be like respectfully clarifying that I am a complete moron in a certain area uh, uh, of, of conversation and um, that's why I think it's good to bounce ideas off of somebody who's not just completely agreeing with you um, yeah you definitely don't want to be with somebody who's always agreeing with you that's a bad sign yeah it's like it's like watching like if I watch a documentary and the person who made the documentary like it's a, let's say it's about veganism or something the person who made the documentary is vegan the person who paid for it is vegan and it's all about veganism. Like, what are you supposed to learn? Are you supposed to learn any potential conflicting ideologies or anything? You're, you know what I mean? You're, it's like you're living in a little bubble. So if we had a podcast and you and I were the exact same person and we just agree with each other, I think it'd be total shit. So yeah. that, that's why I think like just this topic relationships, like we're coming from completely different places. And I might even see say things that get you so riled up in your head that you're like, you want to say like, fuck this guy, this guy's, this guy's going against like what my, my fundamental, like the baseline for what I consider a relationship or, you know, but you don't just say, fuck this guy, you continue the conversation. And then if I'm listening to you and you're saying monogamy is sort of the foundation of civilization and it's it's in our genetics and stuff. Uh, it I don't have to 100% agree, but at least we can talk about both sides. Mm, you think it's in our genetics? You I I that's what I understood you were trying to say is that. Well, I, I, having it being put in our genetics is, I think, that's I don't know I don't know the answer to that I think that's it's like something else. I, I think it's in our it's in our civilization. Animals? It's in our civilization. It's in our culture. It's not. I don't think it's in our necessarily genetics. But if certain certain types of animals are monogamous by nature, is that not a genetic trait for the survival of the species for some reason? Um, 
That's it's not an eight. assumption. It's an eight. Like, like, let's think blue whale. Like, blue whales are monogamous, aren't they? I don't know. I think penguins are. Okay, what's a monogamous animal? I we think it's just, the... We can, um, run, we, can quick, we can just run a quick Google search here. I think it's the king something penguins. Dolphins? There's certainly animals that have life partners. But is that just a survival strategy to ensure that the, the, the young survive to a certain age or something like that? I don't know. I don't know if there's an actual purpose for it other than the, that it's like a legitimate desire. Because like people say that animals are pure instinct. And that yeah. know, we're no longer animals and we're we're conscious and aware and we're we're no longer pure instinct, but there's a lot of instinct in us. I mean, fuck. Go go vegan for a month and see how it feels to look at a fucking drumstick and how your body just wants to destroy that thing. <laughs> like there's something right. even if you believe in veganism and stuff, there's just something in the this subconscious that's trying to tell you, like, pick that thing up and fucking eat it. At least that happened to me. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, here's here's monogamous species on Wikipedia. There are species which have adopted monogamy with great success. For instance, the prairie vole will mate exclusively with the first female he ever mates with. The vole is extremely loyal and will go as far as to even attack other females that may approach him. This type of behavior has been linked to the hormone vasopressin. This hormone is released when a male mates and cares for young. Due to this hormone's, re hormone's rewarding effects, the male experiences a positive feeling when they maintain a monogamous relationship. To further test this theory, the receptors that control vasopressin were replaced, were replaced in another species of vole that is promiscuous. After this addition, the originally unfaithful voles became monogamous with their selective partners. Um, these very same receptors can be found in the human brain and have been found to vary at the individual level, which could explain why some human males tend to be more loyal than others. It's totally Shit. genetic. It's totally genetic. It's genetic. Okay, so we don't need to talk about it because it's just going to happen the way it happens, and that's it. No, well, that's Out of our control. No, I don't think that's true either. I don't think that's true either. I think it's it's there. The the framework is there, and then you you have the power to influence it with your free will. And free will is kind of like now you're getting into that whole philosophical discussion about what is free will does it even exist do we have it is free will genetic it gets a little bit crazy and complex but i do think that we have a conscious ability to manipulate whether we go toward monogamy or away from it um, for to serve to better serve our purposes because monogamy isn't going to serve you and your children any well ryan you don't have any fucking children you know what i mean yeah. You don't need monogamy. You don't, you, you know, you're not, you're not living in a village. You know, you're not weaving baskets. You don't need a bunch of kids to help you in the fields. You know, I see what you're saying. So um, like, it's, 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 it's like you have the receptors. It's like you have, you can make those hormones or whatever, or like, you know, so it's, it's, uh, the framework is there, but then there's also probably a framework for not for not have not using it. Like we 
metabolize carbohydrates into sugars. And then we use sugars in our mitochondria and our cells, right? To like give us energy. And we actually use that energy to, for mechanical work, like moving everything. So that's, that's the natural default way we, we go about it. But what we can do is starve ourselves of carbohydrates and our body will has a framework which is not favorable that will break down um, fats into ketones, right? Like, and then, then we can, I don't know exactly how that works at that, after that, the ketone part, but somehow we get energy from the ketone yeah. instead of, instead of from sugar. So it can't be, it can't be through the Krebs cycle because it's not, you're not using sugar. Like it can't be the, the exact same mechanism, but it's there. And I'm saying it's like, it's non-favorable. So maybe your monogamy is favorable under certain conditions. Yeah. But yet if right. those conditions don't exist, it's not favorable, you know, like from a, from a, just from a, like a purely mechanical or genetic standpoint, like, so maybe how, the key, how, maybe the key is yeah. to be adaptable because you're, you know, there's like stages of life. So no, I don't have kids, but who knows in a couple of years, everything could change. And right. I could have, a, I could, I would hate to be at that point and be so fixed in my view on monogamy and open relationships and multiple partner relationships, whatever you want to call it, that I wouldn't be willing to switch. And I might lose the opportunity to be with somebody who required monogamy as a baseline for, you know, this future, which is something that all of a sudden I, I, with all my heart desire and all it needed was for me to be, um, to be flexible enough to be able to switch my, my perception of monogamy and see, oh, okay, it's favorable now. Before it wasn't favorable. I guess what I really just need is a part, a partner who's willing to discuss all those options. Even like, okay, look, we don't want to be uh, with other people right now. Like you said, uh, when Lotto and I are, are together, can we just switch it off? Do we want to switch it off? Like I said, I know that our communication's at a point where we can be honest with each other about whether or not we want to switch it off and we will believe each other and not subconsciously think that the other's being deceptive or there's some tricks being played. So I think as long as there's enough communication as a baseline, I think the relationship can progress and evolve and change and become com completely different in five years than it is right now. Uh, because as I realized through my marriage and, and then divorce, like I didn't realize I was going to change so much. I don't think she did. Um, she changed, well, you know, we both changed and, um, I think the communication, the, the base of communication would have been a great foundation to adopt changes together or, or at least be able to warn the other person, like I'm starting to think these things, what do you think about that? And they could be honest about it and not fear that I'm going to go outside the relationship for that kind of communication or connection. And, um, yeah, I guess for me, it really does come down to communication with relationships. Um, like I was saying to you a while ago, I have my, my, the buddy of mine who was, uh, hanging out with, uh, the, the woman in the in that open relationship and the, she's had, she, the woman has a boyfriend yet 
like they're kind of hanging out and acting like they're together, acting like they're in a relationship, even mm-hmm. though they haven't actually had sex, but they're like, like slap each other's asses in public and like dance close, you know, and stuff like that. And yeah. it's like very, it's highly sexual and it's, it's a display, right? But anyway, he has, he, we have a friend and she knows him too. And he was hanging out with her the whole day and hitting on every woman that like came to sight, basically very drunk, drunkenly hitting on every woman. And like, we were on the dance floor at this, at this concert and this outdoor concert. And it wasn't actually that busy. And he would literally just go from girl to girl, you know, like he'd spend five minutes here yeah, and like playing the numbers like game. some some guy would some guy would step in and be like this is weird and you know like that her brother would come or her, like her mom would step in and be like hello who are you you know like and then he'd go on and literally just go to the next one you know and then the next one and then the next one and it was like he was being you, quote unquote a fuck boy right would you say that so, that's the equivalent of swiping right on every woman on tinder and hoping that in a way it is you know it like five percent of them it's like once you match, like, you send a dick pic, and then five percent might, or a couple one percent, it might work. But who cares about the the ninety nine percent who's? That's right. One match. It's like, yeah. It's like it's playing a full numbers game. It's like it's like just playing a- anything available. It's like it's like no, that's why Tinder apps. doesn't allow you to send photos. Actually, <laughs> to be honest, but Bumble does let you send photos. Have you noticed Bumble that? Photos. I did. Yeah. Because the women, the woman has to, the woman has to write first. It you can't when a man and a woman match on Bumble, a man can't write to a woman, and a woman has I think 24 hours to write or it's unmatched automatically. That's exactly. Or, it. or the man can I think pay to extend. You get you get an extend for free. You get like some some amount of extends for free per uh, some period of time. I don't know exactly remember what it was, but. Yeah, and then otherwise you can get Bumble Premium where you can pay to, and stuff like that. Yeah. What do you, you think about that? What do you think about how how the man can't write the woman on Bumble? Do you think that's that's, that's why okay? I go, that's why I makes prefer sense? That's why I prefer Bumble uh, over Tinder. Yeah, because well, Tinder. Well, first of all, it's it's a lazier way to do it too. Like I don't have to do as much work. That's so true. It's Bumble. So it's lazier for a guy. So that's appealing. Second of all, Tinder is a complete bombardment for women, <laughs> right? Like it's a total, yes. it's a total. If you've ever looked at a woman's Tinder, holy shit. Yeah. It's, ama- it's, it's amazing they'd even write you back at all. Because yeah, I, how do you filter through that? The, the, some, some women actually put the thought and effort into it and, and weigh, weigh their freaking options out, you know, like, and they have lots of options to do, to, to work with. And and you, but then that's the thing is, you know that you're probably not going to stand out to them. You know, you know, it's like, there's no, there's no layer of vulnerability there. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no realness. It's, no. It, and you know what, there's, and for some people, they don't need that. Their, their surface is just perfectly fine. You know, they don't need, they don't need to dig deeper. And I, I mean, it works for some people. Like they just get together and I think it's, everything seems to work out on paper and then just sort of works out in real life and they don't really put too much thought into it. And I think that's fine. I think that's totally fine. 
I just know, I just know that it, that isn't me. You know, I can't just, you know, face value everything. There's so, there's such a, there's such a story behind every aspect of everybody. You know, there's such an interesting story. Can you, um, do you know what your Tinder profile says or your Bumble profile? I mean, well, I, I since got rid of it, but yeah, I had a, I've had a few iterations. Well, I had a, my, the most successful iteration of my Bumble was uh, outdoors before whores. Big <laughs> dick. Proud father of none. <laughs> <laughs> Big dick. I thought you said you had a, an average dick. Now yeah, you're saying big dick? I do have an average dick. But um But you're pretending you have a big dick? I'm pretending oh, I had okay. a big dick because it was humorous. Anyway, then <laughs> I got matched pretty much the same day and messaged by this beautiful woman. She's oh. great. And we we and we got together, but she told me in the beginning that I want I don't look looking for anything serious, just something casual. I'm like, you know what? That's totally cool. Let's do something casual. I stayed very casual about it. And I actually, we actually deep chatted. We, she definitely was very vulnerable, you know, you can, but you know what, that's what, that's how I feel being vulnerable is of course dangerous. And that's why I said, would you lead with being vulnerable before? I said, no, that's scary. That would be scary because like, it's hard to be vulnerable. And I think that if you're too vulnerable, you're, way too susceptible to being hurt and uh and getting derailed so to speak or being put off stable um right so she was very very vulnerable person but i don't think she was the most stable right and so i don't know i think that i had an opportunity there if i was more attentive um and uh kind of a better partner instead of being so casual and waiting so long to message her back and stuff, but it was two, two and a half months. We would see each other every, every, so like every weekend or every other weekend or a couple times during the week. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden it was like two weeks. She said she was sick. And then another week where she said she was too busy studying for exam and then the exam got canceled and like things didn't seem to be going very well for her. And then all of a sudden she said like, um, yeah, um, I'm uh, I'm dealing with law right now on my plate. Yeah. Um, can't uh, I see that you're trying to make an effort to get together with me? I cannot put in the same effort. And uh, thank you very much for. Oh, you're very cool, kind, and uh, what'd she say? Karen, something like that. Cool, kind, of res- respectful. Thank you very much. Thanks for everything. Goodbye. And then I messaged her back. I called her. Called her. Called her. Waited a week. Called her. Messaged her back. Waited a month or two, messaged her, never got any response from her after that. Yeah. So that was the end of it. Well, it sounds like she really committed to what she said. So at least if somehow you ended up with her in the future, you would know that she's a person of their word. Because <laughs> that's pretty strong, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, but no, it hurts. Honestly, it hurt oh, a lot. Oh, for sure. That hurt a lot because I cared about her, actually. And I personally think we all have PTSD because as children we're sort of given the we're sort of people make us think that we're sort of the center of the world or that we're gonna end up being something big and powerful and meaningful and then 
reality starts setting in and disappointment after disappointment and then the realization that um we're we're sort of it's like i like cultures where the children are raised to not be special they're just uh they're just more people and i mean they they have a place and a purpose but they're not they're not put on a pedestal and like oh my god look at this incredible thing that we created and it's the most amazing thing and it's going to go do the most amazing things and it's like is that expectation put on the kid and then they feel like shit because they didn't you know accomplish all these goals that the that people thought would happen like oh you can be anything you could do anything you could be president and then you know reality sets in and the older you get being an adult you know the way I see it in some ways is basically to be ignored by most people. That's what being an adult is to have sort of this false communication and hi, how are you stuff for most part of your day and to be alone and to sort of be craving community and tribalism and not having any outlet for it. And hence the alcohol at night, hence a lot of things I think that are pretty common. Um, watching TV, things like that, just to, 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 to not have to deal with your own thoughts and sit there and be with yourself because it's almost like you're, you're destined to, 99% of us are destined to be a failure relative to what we were told that we might end up being one day. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up kind of thing? Like if I say a doctor and then I grow up and I'm shoveling dirt, does that mean I'm garbage? You know what I mean? If I said I wanted to grow up and shovel dirt, would somebody be satisfied with that answer? Anyway, that just so triggered, no, no, triggered I, me I, I because you, that, I hear that no, PTSD, I that's, you know? I, 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 the way that you call it as, as, as actually a traumatic is that's a basic, that's a basic part of human development. That's a, that is fundamental to growing up is to lose your innocence. Adolescence to lose is, your, to is lose your PTSD. Sense of wouldn't you, would you say and that so adolescence I, itself is PTSD in a way? That's right. I'd say <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna qualify that as PTSD, then PTSD is fundamental to developing uh, to, into mature adults. You need you must go through the trauma of losing your innocence. You must necessarily endure the pain of realization. You and, and uh, if not, you will forever not be woke. You know, so it's just hard like, to watch. Yeah, I think that I think that's uh, if you're gonna. I, I think that's a good. I think that's a, a a good way to put it in a way. But it's almost you like it's the same symptoms. PTSD is is like if you, for instance, are a paramedic and witness a lot of domestic violence abuse you know like this you know mangled people and all that it might be the same manifestation of trauma that if you literally just realize that the the world isn't about you or something like that you know like that the, the world that the world uh the world doesn't care kind of thing right right yeah or, i mean yeah or you go to you go to a third world country and you know you see people you see the true value of a human life 
and you know you see dead people you see whatever and it's like people just move on they go on and the children the children aren't what you know children are raised to be for for example here in canada i don't know just um what about like a well like a child soldier you know like just they're completely re removed of their childhood you know it's like but that's what i'm how saying does someone, how does someone it's, grow up out of that like that's, that's just your life that's is strong. the essence that's the essence of childhood it's the it's the innocence it's the the beauty of that of that learning from your environment that's the whole point yeah. and it's just constant learning from your it's environment like, and if your environment is a bunch of the child-minded adults who are playing games and not expressing true love and compassion and like an attempt for unconditional love and to to say whatever you become is a beautiful thing whatever it is it doesn't matter what it is like should that not be what's what's told to children rather than what do you want to be when you grow up what profession it's more like i'm excited to see what you do turn into and if i can help you in, in any way to become that then i am lucky to to ha just have that experience of watching that you know that you to bloom into whatever blossom into whatever you become and i just don't know if that i don't know what it's like i mean i was sitting on the bus last night and there were these two girls who were probably 15 or 16 and i looked at their hands and their hands were curled like a fucking eagle or something there they looked like they were under immense stress and i'm thinking this is like a saturday night and these girls are on the bus going to hang out with friends and they're they're shaking they're chewing their lips they're they're biting all their nails off these are two different girls they're not even together they're just on the same bus and i'm like they already have ptsd how are they going to go out in the world and show healthy love for another person without some kind of dependence or compensation for their childhood traumas or their feeling that they're not good enough. What kind of relationship is going to come out of people like a man on the other side who's got the same issues, who's in this fight or flight state all the time? I just, it's just, it's so hard to see. Um, I imagine I was like that when I was young too, because I was always doing fucking crazy stupid shit and i didn't even know why and i'm slowly learning why right now <laughs> well mostly because you grew up in montreal in the su in a suburb of montreal but this is angsty uh, angsty this is, suburb of like a, a fucking rough cold ass town you know i know but look where i'm now these girls are growing up in beautiful uh victoria on vancouver island and one of the most desirable places in Canada. That, but that's just part of growing up here i here i quote Arcade Fire, so you can understand why I want a daughter while I'm still young. I want to hold her hand and show her some beauty before this damage is done. But if it's too much to ask, if it's too much to ask, then send me a son. I find that poignant by Arcade Fire because it's inevitable that all this damage will be done. I because the world different. breaks you down. Because anything organic breaks down. 
And I think that uh, our consciousness has to break down. That's part of part of what it is to be a, be a composition of the universe in a way. I mean, I'm sorry to get like all crazy and big, but it's like you know, that's that's our man. That's that's our that's our lot in life. Like here we are. We're born with such a narrow scope of what what what's brought into our experience, and then you'll hit a, you'll hit a, a place of cognitive ability where that scope is able to be broadened, and when it's broadened, you take in all this damage, you take in all this water, you know, you take it all in, and you're out at sea, and it uh, it can sink you. In a way, I'm just keeping on with the cheesy ass analogies, you know. But but isn't it nice to know that that you're not you, going through it alone? You know, it's everybody's experience. It's yeah, it's part of part of what it is. I think everybody's got to go through. It. Some people are, you know, they're they've got hull, double hull, you know, bilge systems and freaking champion through it, you know. <laughs> and then then others are like, you know, a, a wee little fucking dinghy raft. And it's like the Simpsons all the time with that Swiss Army knife bouncing up and down, up and down. You're always precarious. And then that's, and finally the magnifying glass comes and burns a hole in your boat and you're fucked up, you know? What makes you think a woman wouldn't want to share this with you? This kind of communication. Like, uh, don't you think that this kind of communication can be very, would be very attractive to some women? Not at all. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. You know, it's hard to put a label on this type of type of communication in that regard. Like, I'm not gonna. It's 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 not about uh, it's not about the the like it's not about romantic attraction. You know, why well, you, why I'm talking with you on this no, podcast? No, what I'm like, saying, I what would, I'm trying to say is, do you like you hide behind like, jokes? Do you hide behind jokes when you're communicating with women because of a feeling of that you're not. You're not good enough to be in a relationship with them. So you kind of have to make up, like, laugh. Like, I I see some people, that, and I think that, you know, if, if they're constantly making jokes and laughing and and it's just never-ending, is it is it maybe a, a defense mechanism in itself? Oh, my God. That's a good, very, very powerful point you just made. Very powerful. Yeah, I. That's that's opened up. There's a, there's clarity in that. You'll see if you if you if you take that perspective and observe, I think a lot of people, you'd see that they're hiding behind their humor, as a way to compensate for maybe their lack of ability in their job, and so they joke around all the time at work. Or, yeah, their inability to. Uh, have something a meaningful conversation with a woman or to add, communicate their, their true feelings and so instead they they're constantly joking they're constantly making light of shit and and uh yeah and and, and uh and joking around so i don't know i think that's a really really powerful point you've made like i do that too i wanted to just um express that like when I'm with a woman that I just met, um, when I'm with anybody, I 
when I see that somebody's uncomfortable, it makes me very uncomfortable. Like the TV show The Office is it's like a cringeworthy show. And for some people like me, when somebody's feeling uncomfortable or awkward, just even on a TV screen, it affects me. Um, so I overcompensate too, but not with like jokes, with talking too much to fill in the void and to, and almost make somebody feel as a, more comfortable, like they don't have to do the talking or initiate things and they can just relax a little more. But then I realize I, I go too far with it and it might even sound like I'm simply just always talking about myself. But in the reality of it is, is that I'm trying to make them more comfortable. I don't know if it's a selfish thing so that I feel that they're more comfortable with me. Maybe they don't, they need the, maybe they need the exact opposite of that. But as part of trying to be more vulnerable, I actually tell them that I'm like, look, I'm talking more because I'm concerned that you're uncomfortable. And I just, uh, I don't like making people uncomfortable in any way. So it's just my effort to make you feel more comfortable. But if you want, I can shut the fuck up. So at least I, <laughs> I try to be open and express that. But I do, I definitely have seen that with people who, who, who laugh and smile a lot. And my gen judgmental side makes me say to them like, so do you always just laugh and smile and you've never cried before? Like, this is not a, a representation of the, mm. you know, the whole, um, the whole 88 keys on the piano. That's you. It's like, it's just, I'm seeing one little piece, the Brighton. I'm not, I'm not seeing the black keys. I'm seeing the white keys. Uh, the, the key is never minor. It's always major. Or, and it's like, I don't know. I, I, I need people to open up a little more than that. But I also see in myself that I, I have a civil, similar defense mechanism that I use to, to create comfort. And I think that's what we're all trying to do, right? We're just trying to create comfort and make the other person as comfortable as possible. And we just do it in these crazy fucking ways. Right. No, I, uh, I see that too. Uh, I do that too. Right. And, uh, but usually not with my close friends, actually never with my, my close friends, but on when I'm meeting people or when I'm operating in, you know, regular day to day. Yeah. It's all about joking around. Don't go past the surface, you know? Yeah. Well, and like, and, and detract and detract from reality by joking around and making humor. It tracks from reality and it's, it's where you want to, it's kind of where you want to live somewhere sort of teetering on, you know, fantasy la la land and reality, like reality is too harsh. So you have to put some, you have to put up some barriers to it. You know, you don't want to be so far removed that you're out of touch. You want to still be able to stay in touch. But I do notice that, yeah, yeah. People cannot just be fully immersed in the hard reality. Like it, it doesn't really work that way. That's uh, it's un it's an unsustainable way to live. Um, but I don't even know what that means, quite frankly. But where do you go from here now, Ben? Um, in terms of if you feel like you can't you can't start a relationship, if you really that's the way you define yourself, but you obviously have a desire and it's in you, it's in you to give all this love to somebody. And where do you go from here? Do you have to change? 
does something dramatic have to happen in your life? I thought so. I well, I mean, yes. I that's that's how I that's how I view it. So that it's it's gonna have to come from me. I'm gonna have to make a conscious decision to you know wear better clothes. Fuck for for one thing, you know, even you know, it even comes down to that, you know. Um, better, you know, put on deodorant every day, you know, like you know, always clean shaven, you know, like it's, it does come down to things, keep my apartment clean, fold my clothes, room clean, sheets, bed, you know, nice, you know, all the time. And does Don't your girlfriend, your girlfriend, Mary Jane, get in the way of that is the question. My girl, well, the thing is, is yeah, my, well, my girlfriend, Mary Jane is, and I are in a monogamous relationship. Okay. So we're putting up. <laughs> We're, we're, we're set, we're setting, we're setting life up so nobody can come in and, and, uh, and just, and disturb our, uh, Oh, so you can't cheat on Mary, Mary Jane with anybody who you meet. I get it. Well, you know, yeah. if that would be morally wrong, you know, cheating. So That's I'm, uh, and, and that does actually, that does bring me to, uh, to an interesting question that I, I thought we should explore a lot. I think we think we should explore here now that we're talking about relationships is what exactly is cheating anyway? Yes. Like how do we define that, especially in the, in a multiple partner relationship, can you still cheat in a multiple partner relationship or in a polyamorous relationship? And I think you can. Yes. I yeah. I mean, if you I, lack, if you, if you, don't I think not kind of cheating. exactly there you go so I think if you have failed or you're if you are at least somewhat aware somewhat conscious of something you're doing that you're hiding from the other person because of just fear of vulnerability it's embarrassing whatever it is I think yeah if if you're trying to if you're living under the illusion that you are completely open with the other person, that's the basis, that's the foundation of the whole thing you're doing, but you're unwilling to share certain things. And now that brings to light something that happened to me because I, um, so when I met Lada, I had, before I met Lada, I had slept with somebody in New Zealand and um, I didn't divulge that to her. I didn't, I didn't reveal it to her. Um, <laughs> we all no, no, but <laughs> divulge is a stupid word, asshole yeah, word. Yeah. Um, you only use it in anyway, very, very tight context. Go on, go on. Anyway, like it was, it was very like subconscious. It was uh, my, I had, I had sort of told myself that because it was before I met Lada, it had nothing to do with her, and it was part of my post-divorce thing I was going through. Whatever. Anyway, I had convinced myself somehow that she didn't need to know. Um, but that person has remained uh, connected to me just as a friend this entire time. And just recently, without being without being invoked by Lada in any way, I felt the need to to tell that to Lada. And I told that to Lada, and she appreciated that I was really doing my best because, because there was no need for me to give that information a lot of like other than to be fully open and, and being communicative because it's, it's not like there was a uh, lot was questioning it. it. It's just, 
it was very convenient to ignore. And that's where I was like, I am not going to conveniently ignore this because I know that there's going to be a bunch of stuff that piles up that's in the in the conveniently ignored closet until that fucking thing pops open because there's too much shit in there. And then Lada's like, what the fuck, man? Mm. Like, what kind of a hypocrite are you? So I did that. I told her and I felt better for it. And I, I that's where I think, no, I wasn't cheating on her, but I wasn't being completely honest. And I think if those little things add up, those little, whatever you want to call them, white lies, then eventually they constitute a lie, some kind of deception. You know, I'm, I agree with you. I've operated in my relationships that way. That's how I think it's best. I, just honesty, man. And like, no, don't withhold information that is difficult to say. If it's yeah. difficult to say, it should be said. You know what I mean? If it's something right. that's like, well, you know, you know, like, well, it's easier for me not to say it, then you should be going ahead and saying it. You should be red flagging that as important to say, you know, because like there shouldn't be those types of things where it's like, oh, well, you know, I don't really have to tell them. And, you know, you know, in a, in a, in a sense, you don't. And especially if you don't really care for the person you're with. But I remember my cousin saying to me, um, I, I don't remember. I was talking, I don't get relationship advice from my cousin, but he's uh, been with lots and lots and lots and lots of women. Okay. Kind of like a player. And they remember him telling me one time, you don't have to tell them everything. You know? Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't, I don't remember exactly the context, but I remember that particular thing. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't know if I agree with you on that. Like, if, if you were consciously saying that, I think there's already an issue in my mind. You know, like, what's wrong? Why should, why should, why should there be anything that they can't know? You know, like, there's going to be things in my life that are so difficult to say to somebody who, like, I am trying to impress all the time because I love them, you know? Yeah. Like, I'd have to, like, reveal a bunch of, you know, like vulnerabilities or failures in things that really expose me. And I think that's, if I really truly care about the person, really important for me to do for their sake. You know, it's like, it's like you need to know me. You know, it's not fair for me to let you carry on not knowing me and being with me because it's, uh, if we're going to be truly in, the, in a partnership, and, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be considerate of how my life affects your life. Then you need to know my life. Right. And and yeah, but otherwise, you know, like, you know, if it's not going to be that way, you don't have to say anything. I don't think like it, if you're not going to be truly intertwined. But then again, also, there's a rate of exposure of your vulnerability that I think is healthy in a relationship and a rate of exposure of vulnerability that might not be, I think is dangerous, right? Like you can't be going okay. full frontal right away. It's like that Alanis Morissette song, like, uh, um, what's that Alanis Morissette song? Um, 
traffic jam when you're already late. I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a child and a mother. <laughs> you ought to know. <laughs> Is it? It's not you ought to know. I don't fucking know. I don't uh, know. <laughs> it's you learn, yeah, yeah, you learn. It's you learn. I can pull up the lyrics. We're going to do a little ly- lyrical quote. I recommend getting your heart trampled on to anyone. I recommend walking around naked in your living room. Swallow it down with a jagged little pill. It feels oh. so good swimming in your stomach. Wait until the dust settles. I recommend biting off more than you can chew to anyone. I certainly do. I recommend sticking your foot in your mouth at any time. Feel free. Throw it down. You know, the caution blocks you from the wind. Hold it up to the rays. You wait and see when the smoke clears. That's like a chaotic fucking like teenage way to live. <laughs> Thank you, Atlantis Morissette, for your uh, for your insights. You know. But are you willing to do that right now with somebody? Um, no, I don't. I'm not. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not worth it. It's too risky. You know. I did that when I was 18, and it all fucked up on me. So what's a healthy you know? start to a relationship for you right now, Ben? Like, where would you start? You'd be guarded, right? But how do you show a little bit of vulnerability? How do you show well, first, true self first, a little bit? The first things first is can you get along with the armor up? Can you get along and have good rapport, good comedy, good banter? Yeah. Like, is it is conversation easy? You know, it's actually, conversation's not that easy, I don't think. If you don't know somebody, you don't have a history, you don't have things to talk about, and you've just met them, conversation's not that easy. And you just have to talk about questions about them, their lives. It just, you know, it ends up becoming kind of a generic, like, I'm a stranger to you. It makes me even more questions I ask, the more, more of a stranger I feel. What if I told you that Mary Jane was a bee, and... You might need to get rid of her. How would you take that? It's not well, how would I take it. I mean, I'm aware. I'm aware of that, and I've. So done, you're in. You're I've like done. like Lady Gaga says. You're in fucking stuck in a bad romance, then. Oh yeah, but if you if you want to put it that way, yeah, absolutely. Like it, it, I've been it, in that place. It's too. all. It's in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the that's the nature of the beast. It's my the nature of how I've been coping for the past. You know, 10 years. That's how I've been kind of de- dealing with even that draw that trauma that we described. You know, th- that growing up trauma, you know? And not not to mention like there's other trauma too that I, you know, like I don't know, like coming to terms with my my mom, my parents, my dad dying, you know? Some some stuff Absolutely. like that. A lot of love, some of the guilt associated with inheriting money. There's a lot of guilt there, honestly. It's a lot of like feelings of uh, unworthiness, and and uh, it's uh, it, it, you know it's simple enough to deal with it, but at the same time you still feel 
you still feel very different from the people around you in terms of how 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 your level of privilege in life has gone and how it's affected you and privilege is another another thing that you could you could you could have a billion podcasts about right just the very fact that you can even take an hour and a half to and have the technology available to do it means you're already privileged you know yeah that's true to yeah to even a lot to even a lot of have your brain focus on thoughts at this level rather than having to worry about going out and hunting and fucking gathering goddamn you know what i mean and like worrying about your, your next meal and you know the next rainfall and the next you know yeah it's all the side effect of privilege to have this, this it's all kind of conversations of... yeah for sure it is it is it is and so it's just it's just an interesting place to be on this on the human on the scale of human history right of course you know we're we're all acutely aware of that you know especially it's it's now become so mainstream to to have those kinds of conversations and to think about things like sapiens being a best-selling book and just just a very brief but yet kind of uh complete overview of like where we are, where we are right now on our, on our, on our scale, the scale of human history, you know, like it's now very mainstream to, to be, to be woke in that sense. Right. So, so we're, we're just being trendy. We are a little bit mm. being trendy. We're following the trend, but we are, we are a product of the trend. We are, we are, we don't have a choice. We're, we are not so individuals, su 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 such individuals, that we are not affected by the times. We are a product of the times, you know? Like we aren't, we aren't some sort of like defiant individual. No, we are an individual developed in the times that we are brought up in and in the environments of like, I could have been a freaking street youth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe just, oh. maybe it's lonely, right? loneliness is a little loneliness too, rampant for sure for sure yeah. a little bit of loneliness too it's I live weird alone. i find i find loneliness uh, i think it should be an entire podcast on its own because i think there's this threshold with loneliness if you take yourself into it to the point where it no longer becomes loneliness and you transcend that um then you can you could see it from a completely different perspective but but then if you sort of reincorporate back into um, just being more social, being around more people more, then that loneliness creeps back up in, in a different way. And I don't know, it would just be interesting to explore that because that's something I talk about with most people I meet. One of the first things I, I usually say is that I, I think the most common thing I've seen when I meet anybody from any culture is that we're all so incredibly lonely, even though we're surrounded by people. And I think that's probably why somebody would be listening to a two hour podcast, part of it, because if they had their tribe, if they had their foundation, if they had their, all those, all those needs met already, there's, there's, there's absolutely no need for yeah, hours, hours and hours and hours of just feeling like you're hanging out with a couple friends. Very, very good point. Podcast fills that need, that tribal need. Yeah. 
I just wanted to maybe put an ending, if there is an ending on this. I mean, I think that there's multiple podcasts to do about this topic. I'm just wondering, is there any oh, yeah, sort of concluding you. words that would make that you'd want to <sighs> offer? Or should we continue this, uh, make this an extended edition if you have more topics you want to cover? I don't have any parting words. I'm just going to continue to ramble. So yeah. I think we're done. I think we're done, Ryan. Um, I don't have parting words other than I think Lada and I talking might interest people. Um, oh. Because we're actually trying to go through a whole a different type of relationship, including long distance. There's so many factors involved, language barriers, um, uh, religion, uh, so wow. many factors, so many factors. Of, religion. Uh, yeah. Well, religion kinds. plays a factor, a factor in everything. It's inextricably linked to all. It's just that religion came into play in our relationship recently, and it's tied like to that. It's yeah, and it it's tied to values, and it's tied to the concept of monogamy and polygamy and other things. And, you know, it's important to discuss everything, I think. And religion is one of them. Like when you, if you are going to get married to somebody, I guess you got to figure out, are you going to get married in the yeah. church? Or I, or, I find or, that my, my perspective yeah. on religions are so like, like Lot is not religious, is she? Well, that, that's why you need to t listen to the podcast with us or be on it with us. Uh, if you'd like, because I'd love to be. No, we need guests on this podcast. Oh, I was going to say, actually, guests. that's if anybody to wants to be a guest, they can email into uh, spillyourguests at gmail.com and just email. mention a topic, something like they'd like to, to discuss. Write into spillyourguests at gmail.com with any Plural. topics to discuss or guests plural if any topic you'd like to discuss or if you'd like to be on the podcast and spill your guests and, and you go to our web store person. and buy our t-shirts and uh hair growth formulas <laughs> that's right and lululemon don't forget to buy some lululemon gotta get All that right. um let, let me read let me read some uh some comments on our, on our last podcast Okay. <laughs> I'll, read, I'll read some comments from a friend of mine on our last podcast. Um, okay. I uh, I did share it with a friend, but the uncut version. Um, I really liked the podcast, Ben. It was very captivating. I'm waiting to hear the podcast on sexuality because I'm curious what Ryan wants from women that scares 95% of them away. But I can kind of relate to that. Are you going to be the one asking the questions in the next one? It made me realize I really don't like being vulnerable in public. Uh, I hope cool. it's all right with the person who uh, wrote that to me uh, that I said that aloud here in, in this podcast recording. I think that's pretty badass. Um, Lada had a comment and it was uh, it was for for you. Well, she had a comment for me too that I sort of sounded a bit too pushy in some ways or as if I was the host and I don't I don't want that to be the case at all like it's a co-host thing and also that um, you were a bit down on yourself sort of putting uh, being a little bit negative about your image of yourself she just that was her her the way she saw it just 
as if she was a stranger listening to it because she does know you and she's met you. But um, no, it's true. Yeah, it would be interesting to get any comments and then in uh, the next episode basically reveal what people thought. You know, that's part of being vulnerable, right? If somebody says you're fucking flaming pile of garbage, um, yeah, I mean. If they're if they're saying it from the heart, yeah, we should listen. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely think so. And but he, we have had some dialogue too, even in in our pegging discussion. Pegging is our uh, is our uh, three way is our three way WhatsApp chat chat group started as a Facebook chatting. You know, pegging as in uh, to poke to poke someone's asshole with your index finger during uh, coitus. Um, <laughs> Is that what it is? I thought it was a woman with a strap on. No, no, uh, but that's the image that uh, Lotta posted. There. That's what Lotta posted. That's why we had made it. Maybe the, the somehow it got lost in translation, or the meaning changed for Lotta over the past few months. But yeah, pegging was always the poke in the ass. Okay. Here, here is something we say. There is uh, what did Lotta say? Lotta said, "I, I said." I don't even know what I'm doing ever, Ryan. And Lotta <laughs> said, same here. I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing or supposed to do in any way. And I said, that's vulnerability. And she said, yeah, it's a tough feeling, man. And I said, some people build themselves an armor. In a way, our outer life is an armor. Some of us build functional armor. Others have a feather over their vajayjay. I'm somewhere on the feather side, close to the middle. Shit gets past the armor. And then uh, Lotta says, yeah, but if you want to be real, you can't have the armor too thick. Stuff needs to get to you, but in a healthy way. It has to be an armor that filters out the good and the bad and only lets good and real things through. And then I say, how do, you, how do we build that? It's more of a reactive development of armor. How can the conversation be open enough so that we can see the armor we put up and understand it and maybe put some thought into it and allow just the right amount of vulnerability while staying safe? That's obviously some sort of idealistic thought question. And then we went into some sound bites. But uh, that's how I, how I will end this uh, end my portion of this uh, dialogue. That's beautiful. I don't need to add anything to that because that's awesome. And like I said, I'm going to, chat with Lotta and um, we'll reveal a million and one things uh, and that's my offering. <laughs>